all 30 minutes. <laughs> okay. God is good, isn't he? Uh, he's been especially good to me this week. And uh, I, I just pray everything. This has been a blessing to everybody because it, it, it certainly has to me. And um, I just, uh, you know, I love this church. I love all of you. I, I really do. And <laughs> okay, uh, if you can open up to Hebrews 7. Hebrews 7, verse 22. Hebrews 7, 22. By so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament. That's it, guys. That's what I'm preaching on. And that uh, down opening with the gospel, and that it, it's as simple as that. We often look at revival and make it complicated. We, we think it's about emotions, and, and Don mentioned that. It's not. The problem is, and I've seen this with people, is we study the Bible, we study the Bible, we try to be diligent, we study, we study, we study, we study to become more like Jesus. And the problem I see is as soon as we become like Jesus, we take our eyes off of Jesus. And all that knowledge does us no good. In Hebrews 5.12, it says, uh, for, when the, for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracle of God. One thing we're really good at doing is turning a relationship into religion. We do it all the time. And we've got to get back to those first things of what it is. The question I want to ask is, do you have a better testament or do you not? Now, I want you to pay attention to this question or what I'm about to say because it's very important. I asked if you had a better testament. I didn't say Baptists are better than Catholics. I didn't say this church is better than the church down the road. I didn't say you're better than your spouse you're better than the Christian that sits across the thing, across the other side. Do you have a better testament? Because that's what Jesus Christ gave us, was a better testament. And it has everything to do with revival. So my first point is remembering what a testament is. The definition of testament is a solemn, authentic instrument in writing by which a person declares his will as to the disposal of his estate and effects after his death. A testament to be valid must be made when a testator is of a sound mind and must be subscribed, witnessed, and published in such a manner as the law prescribes. Uh, with that, uh, let's go to prayer. Father, I just, um, you're just so good to us, Lord, and I'm just uh, thankful for the opportunities you bring, the people you put in our lives, to just the mercy, the goodness, the kindness that you bring, Lord. And I pray that this uh, 
you just take control of my hands, my mouth, Lord, my feet. May this this message just give you the honor and praise that you deserve, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the first thing is remembering what a testament is. If you turn to Luke, Luke 22, and we'll start in verse 19. And he took the bre- and he took bread and gave thanks and break it and gave unto them saying. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Likewise, also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. Remembering what a testament is. This is a Christ tells us, do it in remembrance of us. He wants us to remember because it's important. It's important. He's about to. Right? It's a disposable state and effects. He's a, he wants to give us something. He wants to give us something. And he wants us to remember what he is giving and what it cost. If you go back to Hebrews 9, Hebrews 9. Verse 16. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is of a force after men, after men are dead, otherwise it is of no strength at all while a testator liveth. Death is a big part of remembering a testament. Of remembering. It's a big part of it. And the reason why revival goes sideways and we don't have it in this and that is because we're putting the wrong emphasis on death. We're putting the emphasis on, well, death to reading the Bible. Death to, you know, whatever you feel like is good. You're not doing it the way we're supposed to. If you turn to Romans... Romans 6, and verse 3. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. If you skip down to verse 7. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Uh, Verse 11. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Those are things we need to put death in, but we don't. We, we, We like our freedom. But if we're dead, we have the freedom. Right? That's that's the freedom, the freedom to choose, to choose whether we want to serve God or serve sin. That's th- those are the only two choices we have, the only two options. 
We are partakers in this testament. I mean, that is the greatest thing that we can ever get. And we need to remember that. We, we need to remember what this testament is, what it stands for. What We get a lot more than God gets out of all this. We get a lot more. And, and that still blows my mind. I don't... To be that good to somebody like me, even, even knowing afterwards what, you're, what he knows we, we're going to do, even after we're saved, doing everything we do and having those moments and of complete failure, he still wants us. He still loves us. The second thing I want you to uh, to see is we need to be remembering our testimony. We need to be remembering our testimony. And a testimony is an affirmation, a declaration, open attestation, profession. And that's the great thing. See, we just talked about death being a part of the testament, but what death brings a new creature. It brings life. We're new. We get it. And the great thing about it is God gives us his testimonies so we can have our own testimonies so he can have more testimonies. I mean, that, that's, that's an awesome thing. That, that's, that's, it all leads back to him. It all leads back to praise to him of how good he is to us. If you could turn to Second Timothy, Second uh, Timothy one, and we'll start in verse eight. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner. But be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. He had a testimony before the world began. We're supposed to reflect Jesus. That's a, that's a testimony in itself of who Christ is, of what he has done, of how we are to be. If you could turn to Psalm, Psalms 71. Psalm 71, verse 15. My mouth shall show forth the righteousness and the salvation all the day, for I know not the numbers thereof. I will go in thy strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of thy righteousness, even thy own. 
that's the biggest part of salvation. We didn't do nothing. He imputes his righteousness on us. That's what God sees, his son's righteousness. And we get to be a part of that testimony. Of how great a God that just says, he took care of it, I see him, not you. And I make it available for everybody. Whoever wants it. If you could turn over to Psalm 93, just a, a few pages over. Psalm 93 and verse 5. Thy testimonies are very sure. Holiness becometh thine house, O Lord, forever. Thy testimonies are very sure. In the opening text, Jesus made a surety of a better testament. The surety of his testimonies. We get assurance with this testament. We get everything we need. And he doesn't ask anything. He asks that we, you know, make the right choice. Choose him. Choose him. Testimonies are the greatest thing to have. And, uh, you know, I know some of you guys out here, have, people have, in this church have, you know, there's some people that have never touched alcohol. Not one drop. Not one drop. And that is a very good testimony. That's a testimony you can't beat. And you young people, teenagers, young, young adults going to college, don't let the world tell you that there's something to it. Don't let, don't let them take that testimony away from you because you'll never get it back. That's a testimony I wish I could have. Speak from somebody that knows. It will cause you more problems than you want. More problems than you want. But that's the testimony. That helps. You know? As Don was saying, you know, you give the gospel. There's nothing wrong with giving your testimony too. Give the gospel, and this is what Jesus did for me. This is how I am. I, you know, you're probably going to get stuck because they might ask you, you know, well, why did that happen? How do you do that? I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know, but I'm thankful. I'm glad. You know, he, he's a great God, a great God. The last thing I want to look at, which is slightly long, is uh, remembering our treasures. See, a testament comes as an inheritance, right? Comes as a state and things that he gives you. He gives us things. He gives us blessings. First, it's, a, it's eternal life. That's one inheritance we'll, we'll get no matter what. And that's, that is. Uh, that should be enough for anybody to want to move for the Lord. It should be. 
But a treasure is a great quantity of anything collected for future use. Abundance. Plenty. That which is very much valued. I have no idea why he would value somebody like me. But he does. And he values he values you too. And he values the loss out there. They just don't know it. If you could turn to Exodus. Exodus 19. Exodus 19 and verse 5. Now therefore, if you ye will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, testament, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. Now I don't want you to think I'm getting legalistic or trying to take anything from Israel, but we are of Abraham's seed. We are his spiritual treasure. He values us. And because of that, the Lord is just so merciful. So he's just he's just good. He really is. And I you know, I'm I'm just I mean, God's spiritual treasure. I mean, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's a lot of value. That's a lot of value. Why? Because I'm a child of the king. He owns everything. He owns everything. If you can turn to Titus... Titus 2 and verse 14. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. What we said in Exodus, a peculiar treasure. And now we're his peculiar people. If you turn over to 1 Peter. First Peter 2. Verse 9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. 
man, he's called us out. He's called us for better things. Don used Colossians, which we're going to go there again, Colossians 1. And, you know, he, he used the same verses, and, and I went, you know, Lord, I, there's something you want to tell us tonight. There's something you want to tell us. Colossians 1 and verse 12. Giving thanks unto the Father which had made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. We're a marvelous light. We're in light. Our inheritance of the saints who had delivered us from the power of darkness and then translated us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood even the forgiveness of sins. Man, he just... You know, that's a treasure. That's a treasure. He translated us. He made us partakers with his son. Man, that's that's a that's a great inheritance. That's a great treasure for anybody. And now I know you might you know, we talk about the Holy Spirit and we go there and we've had a few messages that touched on the Holy Spirit. I want to touch on it too. Because He's a treasure. He's an inheritance we get that we don't, you know. He's more than just comfort and convicting. He's in us. In Luke eleven thirteen, it says, If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Man, that's a treasure. That's a treasure. If you turn over to Ephesians, Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1 and verse 13. In whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Go a couple pages over, Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4.30, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. He seals us. That's a treasure. That's a treasure to get sealed. I know who I am. If I wasn't sealed by him, I... You know? That's the hope. That's the hope. He paid, Jesus paid for everything. We get the Holy Spirit, and, and we get these treasures. Right? We said treasures was an abundance. Right? Come to give you life more abundantly, right? I mean, that's... How do we get that? That Holy Spirit in us. Tells us where to go, how to, how to act, what's right, what's wrong. That's why he doesn't want us to grieve it. We're sealed by it. 
treasures are often put in places where people can see them. Are we, are we letting the world see our treasures, our, our blessings? And then telling them, I'm not special. You can have what I have. Who knows, you might, you might get blessed more than me. I don't know what God has for your life. You might get blessed more, and praise God for that. There's nothing wrong with that. But are we showing these treasures? Are we doing it? You know, I just want to say this uh, in closing. Uh, you know, we should, we should remember this testament. Because Jesus told us to. Before he died, he told us to. We should remember our testimonies. We should remember our treasures. But the sad part is, is if you think of Samson, I think of that as a regular Christian life that happens now. And, it's, and it doesn't even end as good as that. Because we get saved... You know, we get saved, we think we got, you know, we're, oh, we're good, you know, we're going to, we got everything going and, you know, you got that fire and all that and then you start reading your Bible and then, you, you know, you're, you're out there with like the, you know, jawbone and you're ready to take everybody on, right? And, and then you realize you made mistakes and stuff like that and it's costing people and now you're letting your emotions get a hold of you and all these things. But see, in the end, Samson asked for the strength. He knows what he did was wrong. And he pushes down the pillars. Unfortunately, we ask for strength and then forget the pillars are even there. You're not going to get nothing. You're not going to get nothing out of it. It's the same thing. We keep praying for revival, 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 and nothing happens because we're forgetting who is the main part of revival. Who we have to see, who we're supposed to be like. Father, I just thank you, Lord. I, I pray that uh, I've said everything you wanted me to say, Lord. I pray that it's just a blessing, Lord, and we can just remember. Remember you and remember everything about you, what you've done, what you will do if we allow you. And we just pray that you come home soon. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.